Church Audio, striving to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leave a rating and review. And please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at mountainview.church. That's mountainview.church slash give. Now here's this week's message. Would you ever plant fruit or vegetables in the middle of thorn bushes? Of course you wouldn't. But if you did, here's what would happen. First, once the seed germinated, the roots would be competing with the thorns for water and nutrients in the soil. Next, as the plant started to break ground, the leaves and branches would compete with the thorns for sunlight. Then the plant would struggle to produce fruit because the thorns would be constantly choking it out. Finally, in the rare chance that the plant produced something edible, you wouldn't be able to access it without the thorns causing you some pain and difficulty. Planting fruit in thorn bushes is not something you would intentionally plan on. But what if it happened by accident? In the first century, farmers who planted seed were called sowers. A first century field looked a little different than fields today. As we discussed a couple of weeks ago, there were paths in between rows of good soil used by the sower to spread the seed by hand. Another feature of a first century field was thorn bushes planted around the periphery of the field to prevent or at least limit the number of animals entering into the sower's field. Sometimes, as the sower would throw out seed walking closely to the periphery of the field, some of these seeds would fall among the thorns. In the parable of the sower, recorded in the biblical account of Matthew, Jesus uses this common first century challenge to highlight an eternal principle about God's kingdom. This is our third message centered around the parable of the sower. If you missed the previous two messages, I highly suggest you pause here and jump back to catch those messages first. It'll be a great help in understanding this week's content. If you're all caught up, let's jump into this week's scripture reading found in Matthew 13 verses 1 to 9. If you don't have a Bible, a quick reminder that you can visit Bible.com, download a Bible app, or text Bible to the number on the screen. If you're in-house, there should be a print Bible located under the seat in front of you. Now let's read our scripture. Matthew 13, 1-9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, 
some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Over the last two weeks, we've established that the seed represents the word of God's kingdom, commonly known as the gospel. The word of God is a message for every human being that eternal salvation and redemption are available through God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. We've also established that the soil represents the human heart to which the gospel seed is planted. In the first week, we learned that birds, which represent the enemy or the devil, steal seed from the path which represented a hardened heart. Last week, Elijah expanded on the rocky soil of tribulation and persecution that prevented deep roots from being formed in the soil of a person's heart. And as you may have already guessed, the focus of this week's study is on the seed planted among the thorns. So if we scroll ahead to verse 22 in our core text of Matthew 13, Jesus provides an explanation for the thorns. Let's read it together. Matthew 13, verse 22. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Every time Jesus tells a parable, there are warnings mixed into it. According to this text, the seed that has fallen among the thorns has germinated and sprouted. This person has heard the word of God's kingdom, they've understood it and accepted it. It has been rooted enough that they've started to grow in their faith, which is amazing. Unfortunately for this person, their love for God is being choked out by what the world has to offer, leaving them unfruitful. The warning that Jesus is laying out for us is that spiritual fruit can be choked out by the thorns of this world. Spiritual fruit can and will be choked out by the thorns of this world. Now, I understand that some of you who have been watching and listening to this series might still be a bit skeptical of this parable. Maybe you hear this warning and think, wait a second, how does this exactly work? What do these thorns of the world look like? And what does Jesus mean by unfruitful? If that's your thought process, I'm glad you're here. You're actually on the right track. In order for us to capture exactly what Jesus is teaching in this section of the parable, we need to ask those two questions. What do the thorns of the world look like? And what does being unfruitful look like? We're going to find answers for these two questions in tandem thorn by thorn, so to speak, explaining how they might choke out spiritual fruit from our lives. More importantly, how to watch out for these thorns and avoid them. From Matthew's account, the thorns are the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, in Luke's account, if we go a little further to Luke chapter 8, he also records this parable. In Luke 8, verse 14, he states that this thorn or these thorns is the cares and riches and pleasures of life. In our modern Western culture, these three types of thorns can be viewed within three topics, all starting with the letter A. I would suggest anxiety, affluence, 
and amusement. Let's unpack each of these and find some meaning to this parable. First, contextually, the cares of the world or cares of life are a biblical way of explaining anxiety. Life has become overwhelming for this individual, which is a valid concern, don't get me wrong. However, they lean into a destructive internal message, one that they might not want to admit, but their behavior gives evidence to. This person's behavior is saying, I'm too stressed out to follow Jesus. As they get choked out by this false narrative, their behavior becomes evident to friends and family, and they may try to intervene. Instead of responding and self-correcting, they recoil from spiritual disciplines and Christian community that once were life-giving, and it's all in an attempt to cope with the anxiety. But it's a false narrative. Unfortunately, the recoil often produces negative practices of isolation and reclusion, like sitting alone watching streaming services, a counterintuitive behavior that can increase anxiety levels over long term, as well as a number of other negative impacts on one's health. Does this sound like you? Maybe you accepted God's gift of salvation through Jesus at some point in your life. But this thorn has convinced you that the antidote to your anxiety is to recoil. Have you recoiled from reading your Bible, praying, and fasting? Have you recoiled from meeting with other believers and using your spiritual gifts to serve in your local church? And the most tragic on an eternal level, have you recoiled from publicly declaring that you follow Jesus? Recoiled from sharing your faith with those around you? If this describes your life, your spiritual fruit may have been choked out by the anxiety you feel. Recoiling from Jesus and Christian community, one that loves you and can support you, is not the answer. Don't let the cares of the world and the cares of life pull you away from the spiritual growth that God has made available to you. Next, we have the deceitfulness of riches, or as Luke says, the riches of life which is linked to affluence, our second word. This thorn is very prevalent in the Western church. Although we might deny it, far too many self-proclaimed Christians in the West have accepted this internal messaging. I'm wealthy enough to follow Jesus my way. This may sound harsh, but the behavioral evidence proves the unspoken messaging. As this thorn chokes them, there's a shift in their spiritual life. They start to replace spiritual disciplines in Christian community with donations to their church or maybe missions or even a nonprofit. They have knowingly or unknowingly convinced themselves that spiritual fruit can be produced solely through financial means. But what if that money was suddenly gone? What if they lost their job and the market fell flat and overnight their financial status disappeared? What other spiritual fruit would be evident in their lives? If this describes your life, your spiritual fruit may have been choked out by affluence. You may have accepted the word of God through Jesus, but this thorn is extremely deceptive. Financially supporting a church or a mission is a wonderful spiritual discipline. Don't get me wrong, but it can't replace Bible reading, prayer, fasting, and using your spiritual gifts. You can't replace fellowship and service in the church by giving a donation. You can't replace publicly declaring your devotion to Jesus with a financial offering. 
It just doesn't work that way. Eventually, this thorn will cause you to be so focused on money that your spiritual life will bear zero fruit. Your relationship with Jesus and with your Christian community will feel empty and disconnected. Finally, our last word from Luke's account in this parable, we have the thorn described as the pleasures of life, which I will refer to as amusement. The thorn of pleasure and amusement looks very different in each person because we're all attracted to different things. However, the behavior and internal messaging are the same. It's this, I'm having too much fun to follow Jesus. These people are so busy living their best life to worry about Jesus. Or they've tried to fit a form of Jesus into their pleasure and amusement. Where in reality, they have made an internal choice to remove spiritual disciplines in Christian community for more time to have fun. This thorn can be the most deceptive of them all because there are so many enjoyable things in life that aren't in themselves negative. In fact, God made many of them. He created them. And so that can be confusing. How can something that God made pull us away from him? Allow me to give you a few examples. First, God created mountains, oceans, rivers, and all the animals in them. God's creation can be a great source of pleasure and amusement, but it can become a false source of spirituality. Next, God made sex, which is created to be pleasurable in experience, but the fallen human mind can turn it into something perverse and destructive. What about God creating us to work and to enjoy work? But suddenly work can become an idol that sucks every bit of time and energy out of our lives which pulls us away from God and our loved ones. Which leads us to the final example, our loved ones, our family. God made our family and wants us to enjoy our family, but our love and adoration can become misplaced. Spouses or children can become the center of our identity and worship to the point where God is our secondary affection. This is actually an unloving behavior to place our spiritual needs on our family members. And it's a fleeting journey to think that our best life can be lived out through them alone. Of course, there are many more examples of this, but the concept is the same. And if it describes your life, your spiritual fruit may have been choked out by amusement and pleasure. I'm definitely not saying you should never experience pleasure or amusement. That's not what I'm saying. I am simply saying that you should never experience amusement or adventure to replace God. If you replace spiritual disciplines in Christian community with this thorn, you will end up spending your entire life chasing what Luke calls the pleasures of life, looking for some form of deeper satisfaction. Eventually, you will die. You'll die trying, and you'll lose every piece of spiritual fruit in the process. Is that really worth it? I don't think so. To conclude, if you've been following this series over the past few weeks, some of the content has felt really heavy. Maybe these messages have left you feeling weighed down, maybe convicted or even ashamed. This is understandable because processing and accepting the warnings that Jesus gives in the parable of the sower can be really challenging. But remember the story isn't over. Right now, you can change the trajectory of your spiritual life. 
You can heed Jesus' warnings. You can check the soil of your heart. You can start removing some of those thorns that might be choking out the spiritual fruit that Jesus wants to produce in your life. You can make a decision to embrace spiritual disciplines and reignite your personal relationship with Jesus. You can join a community group to receive the fullness of Christian fellowship and spiritual conversation. You can approach a ministry leader today and commit to serving on a regular basis. All of this is available to you, but it starts with honesty, humility, and asking yourself this question. Have I fallen into a thorn bush? Am I being choked out by anxiety, affluence, or amusement? Next week, we'll see that Jesus makes a major transition in his parable from warnings to a promise that a 30, 60, or even a hundredfold yield of fruit can be produced from good soil. This week, embrace Jesus with everything that's in you and prepare your heart for next week's promise. Let's close in prayer. Dear Father, I thank you again for this parable. I thank you for Matthew and Luke in recording Jesus' words and teachings. I thank you that we can be challenged through, through your warnings, that we can take them seriously, apply them to our life, and change the trajectory of where we're going. Father, if there's anyone who has heard this message and not accepted your salvation through Jesus, I pray that they would do so. Father, for those that have given their life to you through Jesus, that they would take this teaching seriously, that they would remove the thorns that are in their life, that are choking them out. May they run to you. May they run to other followers of Jesus for help and support. And for us at Mountain View, may we be that support for those in need, for those that might be anxious, that might have stopped caring and just putting in donations, for those that might be having so much fun that they've forgotten about their spiritual life. May we be a support for all these people as we're on a journey together, struggling, striving to, to follow your son Jesus, to live according to your word. Father, help us this week get ready to till the soil, to maybe add some nutrients by spending time with you, and to get ready for the promise that Jesus is going to reveal next through the parable of the sower. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we always do, we're going to close with a couple discussion questions and a prayer focus. So here we go. Gather with someone or a bunch of people, maybe you're in-house, group up. If you're in a home, group up. If you're online, you can go ahead and put some comments in the feed and interact that way. All right, let's do this. Question number one, which thorn has been the most destructive to your spiritual life, either anxiety, affluence, or amusement? Which thorn has been the most destructive to your spiritual life, anxiety, affluence, or amusement? And explain how. Question number two, what steps will you take this week to remove that thorn and start producing fruit. What steps will you take this week to remove that thorn and allow God to start producing fruit in your life? And lastly, once you've discussed that, take some time to pray for each other, that God would prepare the soil of your heart for next week's promise. 
Pray for each other that God would prepare the soil of your heart for next week's promise. Thank you so much for being here at Mountain View Church and for watching, listening, whether you're in-house or online. Uh, as you will know in-house, I'm downstairs with the kids this week, uh, but I am here in the building, so catch me if you need to talk to me. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you've given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know at mountainview.church connect. That's mountainview.church connect. Have a blessed week.